Welcome to She is Courageous. This is Natalie. Today I want to discuss with you um, the mental illness called dissociative identity disorder and my journey with that. I want to destigmatize mental illness by exploring them, um, talking about them, uh, sharing my uh, journey with the few that I have, and hopefully uh, encourage you and inspire you to uh, look into maybe the ones that you're dealing with and be okay with talking about it. So I want to jump right into it and uh, go ahead and just lay this out on the line. I am a little nervous to discuss this with you because of the stigma that is on mental illness, especially dissociative identity disorder. So um, just kind of keep that in mind if things get a little choppy, and I hope you uh, get the message that I'm trying to bring to you. So let's go ahead and get started. She is Courageous is a weekly lifestyle podcast with the intent to destigmatize mental health issues by sharing about my journey with mental illness. I want to help all women live their best, most authentic lives and realize that we all deserve our very best. I'm Natalie, and I'm an aspiring blogger, podcaster, and author. I love giving advice, though I tend to learn things the hard way myself. Welcome to today's episode. So today, I want to discuss um, my journey with dissociative identity disorder, and I'm actually going to break this down into a two-part podcast because this is... (laughs) Uh, this is kind of not something that's going to fit into a 10-15 minute podcast, so um, instead of taking up too much of your time, I'm going to go ahead and just break it down into two parts. Um, the, Like I said, this is going to be two parts. So this part here, part one, basically is going to, uh, I'm going to cover what is DID, what is dissociative identity disorder, and WebMD says that excuse me, most have experienced mild dissociation, which is like daydreaming, getting lost in the moment, Uh, whereas dissociative identity disorder is a severe form of dissociation, which is basically a lack of connection in a person's thoughts, memories, actions, or sense of identity. Basically, everything is separate, Um, whereas, you know, in a normal brain that hasn't, does not have DID, um, all, all of that's kind of jumbled together and easily accessible. Uh, DID is usually caused by trauma in childhood before the true identity is formed. Um, that's usually before nine years old. Um, a person or a child literally dissociates themselves from the trauma, pain, and abuse in order to not have to, uh, deal with it. Um, not all professionals, uh, true, if you want to be honest, um, think that dissociative identity uh, disorder is real. Um, but, uh, some think that it's actually like a, uh, sub form of a different por- personality disorder. Um, like, uh, what is the one that I was reading about? Um, like, per- uh, borderline personality, basically, that that's the one I was looking for, um, that's a lot like, uh, the health issue fibromyalgia, it's, it, you know, it's still not fully, uh, studied, and in fact, um, dissociated, dissociated identity disorder <laughs> is actually the new name for it, most people used to know it as multiple personality disorder, and that's actually a misnomer, um, 
multiple personality disorder kind of makes people feel like there's several different people in this person's brain, whereas uh, dissociative identity disorder is actually um, the person's one identity separate or shattered into different alters. So the, we are all the same person. It's just different facets of our personality or identity uh, present themselves as alters. Um, so moving right into it, my symptoms that I had, because of course, just like with every other mental illness, uh, it's going to be different with uh, every individual. My symptoms are, I had five alters, um, and in the end, they all decided to name themselves, and uh, basically, it was uh, Lisbeth, which uh, was the angry, strong, uh, violent um, alter that I had. Uh, she, and I'm going to say she... This is a kind of a break off on that tangent. I'm going to say she when referring to the altar, but please realize that I also realize that I am talking about myself. So it's a little confusing, but in order to for you to know I'm talking about my altar, um, I will more than likely refer to as she or her or their chosen name at the time. Um, so back, back on to topic. Lisbeth, who is the strong, angry, violent one, um, could not be seen as weak. Um, really the only emotion you got from her was anger. Um, very blunt, very direct, uh, obsessed with, uh, being strong in some senses. Um, and come to find out she was actually one of my protector alters, um, for obvious reasons. Um, then you had Gwen, who was the flirt. Uh, very promiscuous, and had to have male attention. Um, come to find out, she was also another one of my protector alters uh, that was developed later into my adolescence um, when I found that. Because because of the fact that I had DID and also dealing with all the trauma and stuff, I didn't relate to other people or of my age, other teenagers, well. Um... And I found that when I was the party animal and uh, basically gave my body to whoever gave me attention, I got attention and I was accepted. So honestly, that altar was developed later um, to protect basically the, the group again and help me fit in. Um, then there was Coraline, who uh, was the sad and depressed um, one thing that I remember, and even during the midst of the DID, I remember I could not stand to cry. Uh, I could not stand to uh, feel depression. I was not good with it. I hated it. It never happened to my memory, or in my memory, but obviously another alter handled that facet of my personality. Um, so, me as the host... I never dealt with crying or depression or sadness or whatever. That was Coraline's job. And then there was one called the Shadow, who was basically the antagonist alter um, to the other alters to keep the structure of the DID intact. Uh, one of the things that is the same throughout every DID case is that the rule is the alters do not... Um, know about each other's existence or if they do they don't they don't communicate to each other 
always, always, always separate. And that rule was basically, is basically developed because the primary reason DID even exists, that the brain even makes that happen, is to protect the host from the trauma or pain or whatever they're dealing with so they can grow up and have a semi-normal life um, where the all and whereas the alters hold the terrible memories. So you have your antagonist, or at least I did, who antagonized the alters to keep them separate. Um, and then there was the little girl alter, which is basically the little girl version of myself that held all the memories of my sexual abuse and rapes. Um, developed, obviously, I, 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 we believe, my counselor and I believe that uh, the little girl was developed first um, when the uh, abuse started, or at least when it got too much for me to bear. Um, and anytime the abuse continued, I would switch to her because she already knew it was going to happen. She already dealt with the trauma. So I would switch out and, and she would take it and then I would come back and I would have no memory of it. Um, speaking of, I had, you know, another symptom of that I have is memory gaps. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, since I was the host, I couldn't remember much of my childhood and adolescence since an alter generally held that memory. I didn't quite realize that I couldn't remember these things um, or these things that I should have been able to remember until I became uh, more aware that there was an actual problem. Um, full realization of the fact that I was missing large gaps of my lifetime came later uh, during counseling. Um, I just mentioned also switching. That was another symptom, switching between alters. Um, I would sometimes become overcome by an alter and either black out myself or experience sensations of my body doing things that I really didn't want to do. Like somebody else was driving um, and I was just along for the ride. This, the latter normally happened when I would be violent. Um, like I said, Lisbeth was a very violent alter. Um, physically violent, uh, basically to protect me physically. I would, became stronger and would fight people, and uh, it was kind of terrible. Um, so during those episodes, I would kind of be there along for the ride, um, but I wasn't the one doing these things, or I, I, I didn't feel like I was the one doing these things. Um, and then the other times this kind of stuff would happen is when I would be having those sexual relations. I didn't want to, but Gwen did, so I was really just along for the ride, and you want to talk about trauma, <laughs> um, try realizing that you have no control over your body, and you're doing these things with another person, whether it's the physical violence or the sex, and you have no control. So it was very scary, very traumatic, and those memories generally got cut off, um, is how I like to refer to it, cut off and handed off to the little girl who held all the trauma. So even those things, come to find out later on, would be cut off from me and handed over to whenever I was having the traumatic experience because I wasn't enjoying it or I didn't want to have it, have it happen, that part would be cut off and given to the little girl, whereas the alter who initiated would basically have all the fun. Sounds, sounds amazing, doesn't it? 
Um, and if you if you take the emotional aspect out of it, it honestly is an amazing thing. Our brains are amazing things um, built to survive under any circumstance. Your brain is going to find a way to survive. And when it becomes a problem is when you're no longer dealing with the trauma, yet your brain doesn't know any other way to act. And that can be true for basically any mental illness, um, anxiety, PTSD, um, whatever. Um, during the trauma or whatever this mental illness stems from, because I'm of the mind that it, it that although uh, some things can be hereditary, um, I'm of the mind that most of them come from a trauma of some sort, if it's not sexual or rape or whatever, some sort of trauma. Anyways, when your brain develops in a certain fashion to protect itself, uh, during these episodes, and then when you take you when you take you and your brain out of that, and you're just living a semi-normal life, and you're not in danger, it becomes a problem. That's why a lot of times when you have mental illness like PTSD or anxiety or even DID, in my case where I have actually all three, um, in the middle of a traumatic experience like a car wreck or something bad happening, the ones who are primed and prepared for it, like soldiers thank you, um, handle it great. They are the leaders. They are the ones keeping everybody calm. They are the ones getting everybody out of the way. They're the ones making things work. And then the trauma stops and they're the ones who lose it. Hence PTSD episodes of soldiers. We'll talk about that another podcast. So, uh, that was kind of a little tangent. Let's get back to topic. Um, why I have DID. I've already made kind of mentions, but let me dive off into that a little bit. I was sexually abused, molested, and then eventually raped by the man I knew as father. Like some of my first memories are those kind of memories, like all the way back to, I want to say, when I was a baby. I mean, the little girl alter, she was five, so. Um, my child brain would dissociate so not to have to deal with the trauma of it and eventually it shattered my identity into these five alters plus me. So there were six of us. I spent a good amount of time uh, switched with Lisbeth, my angry alter, because I was too afraid to come out. So that's why uh, much of my childhood I, I did not remember until I went through counseling is because Lisbeth was in control um, and that's why much of the memories people have of me as a child, I was very angry, lashed out, very violent, um, very standoffish, didn't want to, you know, have any kind of relations at all with anybody. And then th that's why people have a hard time, you know, matching that child, angry child up into her teenage years. And then Gwen took over, um, with who I am today, who, you kind. Um, although I am an introvert and being around people does exhaust me. It, it, I don't run from it like I used to. And I'm actually a pretty good people person. So people have a hard time um, matching who I am today with that child, especially when I'm trying to tell them, you know, I, tr I tell them stories of my anger and my violent episodes and all that. They're like, what? That You didn't do that, Natalie. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that's true. No, I didn't, but yes, I did. Uh, it's hard to explain in a five-minute conversation. Anyways, um, 
like I said, Elizabeth was, uh, she had taken over for a long time and she did it to protect me. Um, the abuse went on for years and like I was explaining a few minutes ago, when I was not in that situation any longer, my DID st still held all memory of it. Um, that's why I functioned the way I did um, and, and do still to this day. DID is not curable, um, but you can learn to manage it. I am whole, but that's for the second episode. Um, that's why even into my adulthood, I would have issues. Like some things just wouldn't match and I would switch. And I'm, you know, uh, the more I realized that I was kind of blacking out during these sessions of, and decisions and different things. And I would wake up sometimes and be in a situation that I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? It became a problem because I was no longer unsafe. I was no longer being abused. I was no longer a child being abused by an adult. I was an adult who could protect herself and it, the DID just didn't work anymore. Also, because I had no memory of it till later on into my adult years, this is the reason I haven't pressed charges. Um, uh, you know, although there is now no longer any statute of limitations over child sex crimes because of these reasons, because mental illness stems from it and a lot of times memories are suppressed. I'm honestly afraid to get those proceedings started and be made out into a liar just because I had this mental illness protecting me. Um, and I, I didn't act as if I remembered it because at the time I didn't. So, in that sense, um, I basically just had to give it to God. I mean, you know... Yeah, it would be great to have closure and justification here on this earth, but honestly, what's keeping me going and keeping me from um, falling into that vortex of depression that I was in for so many years um, is knowing that no matter what's happening today, my abuser is going to face consequences, and he's going to face it by looking God in the face and God's going to question him. How could you do these things? And um, the only thing I ask is to be able to watch it. Because what? who better <laughs> to provide actual um, judgment and just, you know, uh, justification and call in those debts than God himself. No court or punishment here would be able to match that so that's how I'm able to live with it today uh, as sick as it may sound I don't feel it's sick I actually feel it's a lot healthier I've given it to God let him handle it I'm gonna live my life the way he God truly intended for me to do free and no longer chained um, I'm gonna go into it a lot more in depth on the second episode of this, but honestly, you know, like I said, DID is not curable, uh, but you can manage it through lots and lots and lots of counseling. Um, but my brain doesn't work like yours. I still don't, um, access memories and emotions and stuff like a normal, normal human brain would. Uh, and I never will. Uh, and I, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go over into that more in the, in the next part of this series. Um, that's why I wanted to keep it separate. But, yeah, that, that is the introduction to my DID. And honestly, I'm full disclosure, I'm terrified that you've listened this far. 
because it sounds crazy. That was the hardest thing of me going to counseling was I, I felt crazy and I was acting crazy. And when you just try to describe it to somebody who doesn't deal with it, it's freaking crazy. But it's not. I'm here to tell you that if you are dealing with any mental illness at all, you are not crazy. And you are not you are no longer bound by those circumstances. You do not have to live your life in the midst of uncontrollable or uncontrolled mental illness. It's hard. It is tough shit to face those kind of memories. It is tough to face the, the things that you do when you are in the throes of your mental illness. It is hard to face that. But it's necessary and you can do it. And once you do and you learn how to manage it, life is so much better. So much better. And to put the icing on that cake, if you have a relationship with Christ, His Word says that in Him we are made new. And that doesn't just happen once. I don't care what any theologian tries to tell you. I was saved when I was a kid. He saved me again. Whenever I was healed of my DID and whenever I actually took the power of it back and the responsibility back onto myself and stopped looking for all these um, outsiders to fix it for me and actually took the power that Jesus gave me to face these things and to deal with it and to relive the trauma basically, basically, but in order for me to take the power of those memories back and to heal my DID, I had to relive it again and again and again. For years in counseling but I am so glad I did that was a dark dark time aside from the dark time of when I was actually experiencing it but that was a dark time but at the end of it the Sun rose again and I have power over my life yeah I still deal with DID and I have to do things differently than normal people yeah I still have PTSD from the same situation but it's managed and I have a great full life because I know how to manage my mental illness and it no longer has power over me. So that's the point of this series. That's honestly the point of this podcast. I want to share with you the crap that I've been through and how I've actually overcome it and how I'm living such an amazing life today. Yeah, I still have stressors. I'm human. Money, you know, problems in some cases, uh, being married and having to live with another human being, which can get tense sometimes, but my husband is such an amazing man. He was there during the time that I was going through the counseling and learning all this new stuff about me, which was not new, but it was, it's new to me. And he is still here in my journey of fitting into this new skin and fitting into this identity. Because honestly, I'm technically only going on three years old, really. So, you know, at least... Um, personality wise Uh, so there's a lot of things that I'm still figuring out about me and about how to navigate this world as a whole adult and feel things in different ways than I ever felt them before now I'm feeling them as a whole person and it's a very strong very overwhelming in some cases and he's still here so you know he's such an amazing man I can't stop bragging about him Um, and then I have I have Paxton my son who was never supposed to happen given the health issues that I had, um, or have, excuse me, and that's going to be a whole nother episode. So don't worry, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. But the point 
of this whole thing is, is I want to tell you, no matter what cards you have been dealt in this life, you can take the power back and make your life what you want it to be. That's the leg of the journey I am on now. So we're going to talk a lot about what, you know, what I went through. And I'm going to tell you how I'm dealing with it today and how I'm able to make my life so good now. So I'm so glad and a little terrified <laughs> that you're joining me on this episode. Um, tune in again for the next one where I dive in even deeper. And I want to invite you to find me uh, or find my Facebook page. See, She is Courageous. Message the page. Tell me your stories. Um, ask me any questions that you have. Uh, tell me any topic ideas that you may have for me, and um, I just I'm, I just want to connect with you. So, uh, thanks again. I hope you have an amazing day, and remember, you are worth your very best.